Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. As I promised in the last podcast, I said we would come back to talking about man being a living soul. In Genesis 2-7, at the end of that verse, it says, And man became a living soul. How did that happen? God formed man just like he formed the animals. We'll see later that God gives us more detail of him forming the animals. He did form them differently than speaking the trees into life and and the sun and moon, as we talked about speaking, but the animals he formed. But he did not breathe into the animals' nostrils, the breath of life. No, he didn't do that. It was different. Now, we love animals. I like animals. I've had a number of dogs through the years. I love dogs. I love horses, animals in general. And they do have quite the personalities. I had a dog, Mandy, growing up. She was a toy Callie, and she had quite the personality. She was like, you take care of me. I am the queen of this household. And then not long after we were married, we got a dog, and this girl dog was Jackie. Jackie was much more high-spirited and would run around real fast. Mandy didn't. Mandy was house dog through and through. And Jackie liked being in the house, but not like Mandy. Oh, Jackie wanted to run around very high-spirited. Then we got the king of the household. We got Rocky. Rocky was a bull mastiff. Jackie was a mutt, but mostly black lab. But, oh, boy, Rocky was a bull, is a bull mastiff. My daughter has him now, and boy, does he have a personality. When you look at him, anybody that has met our dog, it looks like he's speaking to you. You really think he knows just what he wants, and many times you actually do. He wants the food that's in your hand. That's what he wants, but he, he really does communicate pretty well and has quite the personality, but there's a difference between him and my children him and my husband and him and other church members. It doesn't matter how much he can communicate. Even uh, a person that would be maybe paralyzed or can't speak and they they can't uh, voice what they want. There's a difference between them and that dog, and that is they are a living soul. Rocky does not have a living soul. They are not like humans. Animals are not like humans. Uh, they're special. They have personalities. I look at even birds that are not birds. You know, I was thinking about birds that aren't tamed. You know, they're they're chirping around. They have personalities. I was looking at a squirrel today outside, just hopping around like a maniac. And oh, they have personalities, but they don't have a living soul. Why? 
because God did not breathe into them. And God is the one that gives everlasting life. There's a difference between life and everlasting life. Plants are alive. Animals are alive too. But they are not a living soul as man is. Do you remember another time that God breathed on something? We know God breathed into his word, but this is a instance where God breathed even breath. This is in John 20, 22. There, it's Jesus speaking with his disciples. And in John 20, 22, and it, he said, and when he said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. That's life from God. That is even, that's, that is God himself. So when God breathes, it's very special. And because of that, man does live forever. We don't live forever here on this earth, but we do live for he- forever in heaven or in hell. It's our choice. We'll talk about it later. We, God gives us a choice. He doesn't want us to be ro- robots. It's our choice where we decide we want to live forever. And we'll, we'll talk about this in just a few verses. But man is a living soul. He lives forever. He's different than animals. We were commanded, as we saw early, earlier, to have dominion over animals. Now, dominion does not mean cruelty in any way. Dominion is taking care of and caring for animals and caring for this world, not tearing it apart. But it is that man is different than the rest of the animal kingdom. We have a living soul. In verse 8, it says, And the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Again, that word, that name, Lord God. He planted a garden. Well, we know this is more detailed, so we know he planted that garden earlier. He planted it when he had the trees and, and the flowers and everything come up. And, but he planted this garden. This is, a, this is different than the rest of the world. He wanted an area for Adam to work. He planted as in, this is a place where Adam's going to cultivate. Man is going to have to work in here. It's pretty neat how God created this special place. Now it says eastward. When we see that, we say, okay, where's it at? We got to find Eden, eastward. Well, it's just east of wherever God created man, and we don't know where that is. So we don't know eastward, where east of what. But it's just saying where God created uh, man. It's eastward. It's, it's in, the, in the Eden. Some believe that eastward is the thing, like beforehand. I think it's just given a direction where Eden was from where he he created formed man it says again here and there he put the man whom he had formed again that specialness it specifies god formed him in here talks about two trees then after this it says and 
out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, and the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We'll talk more about these trees later because God gives some instruction about them. But he just gives this specification that these two special trees were in this garden. So the whole earth is formed. He has a special garden for Adam, and these trees were actually located inside the uh, garden. After this, verses 10 through 14, it gives a description of several rivers. Now, some, I think I've, I've been to the Creation Museum where they say, okay, well, we you don't know where it's at because that all got wiped out with the flood. And I can see what they're saying. But this is God having Moses write this down right then. And the way Moses is describing it, he is describing it as in modern terms of where it's at. The, the, the flood has already happened. And we're going to, I'm not going to read every word there, but it talks about that there was a main river in Eden that was used to water the garden. So we had this main river, and from thence it parted and became four heads. It went into four heads. How did this river come up in the Garden of Eden? Remember that before the flood, there was so much water underneath the ground because we know the fountains of the deep were broken up. We didn't have to have rain to supply the rivers like we do now where the rain comes down and supplies a river and the river goes into the seas. We all learned that in science, the cycle, and then it gets evaporated into the clouds and it rains come down. No, we, they didn't have rain before the flood, so we had that mist. But also we have the fountains of the deep that is tons of water. So it could have been coming out of there. We don't know. But what we do know is that God has Moses describe these rivers as in this is around here now. So it says here, the first, the name of the first is Pison. And this says, that is which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. Like right now, this area is where it's at. And it says that the gold of that land is good. There is Bedlam and Onyx Stone. So there must have been a lot of special, special, um, special oh, stones and, and, and uh, minerals there in that area. And then it says, uh, the, same, the name of the second is Gihon, and it says the same is that compasses the whole land of Ethiopia. Well, there wasn't, an, there wasn't the land of, yeah, there was the land of Ethiopia back then, but it wasn't called Ethiopia. So Moses is describing right now where these rivers are. I think it's interesting that he's describing it that way. He talks about the next river, and it goes up to Assyria. And it says, that is it which goeth towards the east of Assyria. The fourth river is Euphrates. And so he describes these rivers. So some say, well, after the flood, then they, they didn't know where the Garden of Eden was, you know, so they just named this river like this one. The Garden of Eden was totally destroyed in the flood, completely. But those rivers, Moses is describing these rivers as specific rivers that are still around with us today, or at least they were in his day, and I know some of them are still around. Um, so, you know, we, they're still the Euphrates. And so it, the rivers could have been na renamed over the years, but it sure seems like 
Moses is describing this in present tense, like he's describing the uh, rivers right now. It's not a big deal if I'm wrong. I'm obviously wrong about a whole lot of things, I'm sure. I wanted to do a longer reading. In verse 15, it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And we're going to pick up there later. But I'd like to do a little longer reading by John Wesley. I don't agree with John Wesley on a lot of things. But I think this is a, a beautiful thing he wrote about this verse. It says here, the place appointed for Adam's residence was a garden, not an ivory house. As clothes came in with sin, so did houses. The heaven was the roof of Adam's house, and never was any roof so curiously sealed and painted. The earth was his floor, and never was any floor so richly inlaid. The shadow of the trees was his retirement, and never were any rooms so finely hung. Solomon's, in all their glory, were not arrayed like them. The contrivance and the furniture of this garden was the immediate work of God's wisdom and power. The Lord God planted this garden, that is, he had planted it on the third day when the fruits of the earth were made. We may well suppose it to be the most accomplished place that ever the sun saw when the all-sufficient God himself designed it to be the present happiness of his beloved creature. The situation of this garden was extremely sweet. It was an Eden, which signifies delight and pleasure. The place here particularly pointed out by such marks and bounds as were sufficient when Moses wrote to specify the place to those who knew that country but now it seems the curious cannot satisfy themselves concerning it. Let it be our care to make sure a place in the heavenly paradise, and then we need not perplex ourselves with a search after the place of the earthly paradise. I'm going to stop reading, but I think it's such a good point that what a beautiful place. And so many people, let's find the Garden of Eden. We got to find out where the Garden of Eden is. It was destroyed in the flood, but let's take that energy and make sure we have a place in heaven. Do you know the Lord? Are you a Christian? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you have a home in heaven? That's what we should be seeking after, not trying to find the Garden of Eden, but that heavenly paradise. I thought John Wesley wrote that just beautifully. Have a great day this rest of the day, and I hope you're in, your wor- in the Word of God as you go throughout your chores and work and errands that you have to do, that you always are focusing on God's Word and seeking that heavenly paradise. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may he greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following his word.